Weighing in tonight at 0.17 metric tons, Feather Top End Stevenson Grino! Ladies and gentlemen, Dominant and the world of professional wrestling. What, what, what's going on here? Ladies and gentlemen, that is the only way to open a podcast. The way I come in seventh hour every day. After that lunch, you got to get popped up and everything else. My name is Silas Knowles, everyone. This is the Exhausted Educator Podcast coming back at you with another episode of some great contents for some great people. And uh, just talking about teacher burnout, making sure that we get the exhaustion. Guys, it is April in Chicago. It's snowing. I can't even tell you. It's 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 a weird thing. It is definitely a weird uh, dichotomy of weather. It was just 80 degrees on Saturday, and today is Monday at 5 o'clock, and it was snowing today at about 36 degrees. So uh, my name is Silas Knowles. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and all the goodies on social media, and also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to our podcast, either audio or video. And check out what we got going on. Just talking some to educators, people in administration, consulting work to basically help all educators today. Uh, today, we have our good friend, uh, Beth Napleton from Beth Napleton Consulting, who I just found out is Chicago based, which is very <laughs> cool. So, Beth, how are you doing today? How are you dealing with the cold and the weather that is so unpredictable in Illinois? <laughs> It's so Chicago snowy in April. It's like, oh, oh, we have to be able to persevere through it. It teaches character, right? <laughs> oh, it's got to teach us. It's got to teach us some character. So Beth Napleton, guys, is a consultant teaching teaching other teachers how to, you know, have excellence in schools, have to to get things through. We all have problems that we want to clear out of the way to get in the, that get in the way of student success to make sure we're focused on the student. And to build a good, functional, and goal-oriented team. So, Beth, why don't you, before we get started and before we get into everything, why don't you introduce to everyone who you are, what you do, and what you bring to this world we call education. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So, I'm so excited to be here and talk about my journey. I've been an educator for over 25 years and, you know, at various points and from various perspectives, I think that what I found over and over again was the stuff that really exhausted me was often not what people thought, right? They would learn I taught middle school and they'd be like, oh my gosh, how are you dealing with the seventh graders? 
like the seventh graders, I get, I know them. It's the adults that are driving me crazy. <laughs> and so I think that right. it made me think about um, how do we, how do I as a consultant now working mainly with leaders and principals help make schools places where adults thrive because when adults thrive, students thrive. So I do professional development, I do coaching, I do consulting, and it's been great because I really believe in how important schools are and how important it is to have a place where adults are, are thriving and then therefore students are. And so it's been a lot of fun to have my expertise. Excellent. I mean, now when we come to, ooh, we're going a little high on the audio there. Hold on. Ooh. Okay. We'll we'll tune back in. Um. Yeah, we'll tune back in just a smidge. So when it comes to your consulting and coming into a consulting job, like I have a lot of people that realize that I talk to a lot of consulting firms out there yeah. for education. How did you make the decision to take that jump, like to make that jump into consulting? That's a great question. So I, you know, my like short overview is I was a teacher for over 10 years. I loved it. I was a classroom teacher, mostly ELA, mostly middle school. And and then I, but I worked in several different schools and I realized that the experience varied widely depending on who my leader was and who my manager was. And I felt like that was really problematic because I saw a lot of my friends and colleagues leave the profession entirely, often because they felt like they weren't led or inspired or supported or whatever it was. And so I took a few years And um, in a move transition to learning some about teaching and management, I went to go work um, training teachers at a summer institute so that I had a lot of management experience of a full-time staff and a summer staff. And I felt like I want to maybe lead a school one day. So I feel like I should build my toolbox of tools to learn how to manage. And I just don't think that, unfortunately, in schools, you often learn those skills. I feel like often, um, you know, and this even thinking to myself when I went from being a teacher to being a dean, it was like as if I was competing in the Olympics and diving, but I went from diving off like the springboard to the platform and from the three foot to the 10 foot. It felt like this is so different, right? Like this is not like I was good at that, but I wasn't so good. I was good at some parts of it, but there were other parts I was totally unfamiliar with. And I felt like, how do I manage people? How do I hold them accountable? How do I do in a way that supports them? How do I inspire them? How do I create an atmosphere of growth? And so I went to a nonprofit that was kind of known for helping people learn those skills um, before I then later went back and founded a school. And so the school uh, the school I founded uh, started in 20, we opened our doors in 2013 with fourth and fifth graders. And those students grew a grade every year until it was a fourth through 12th grade school. And so I promise I'm getting to the answer to this. So <laughs> basically, you know, I'm growing the school. I'm leading it. It was a tremendous experience. I taught uh, usually a class or two, certainly a week, um, and then often throughout, um, because that was really what motivated me to start a school was I wanted to be, um, I felt like I was struggling to find a place where I could flourish as a teacher. And I wanted to create a place where teachers could flourish. And so it was a really great experience. But um About 2018 and 19, some stuff happened in my personal life, uh, you know, and I realized that it would be difficult to continue leading the organization and also being, you know, now a single parent after a divorce, three kids, how do I do this? And so I was like, I think I'm going to have to transition out when that first class graduates, um, because I think that it's just, it's difficult. It was far away from me. And, you know, that your schedule is never super predictable um, when you're the leader. And so it felt like, okay, maybe I should think about going on on my own and doing something. Um, But I thought, well, I'll give it a few years. I'll try and get the first couple graduating classes out and do a few victory laps. And then um, the pandemic hit. (laughs) I was like, all right. It was, I remember clearly it was 
August 2020 and our, our senior class, our first senior class was about to start their senior year and it was really exciting and we were dealing with coming back to school and regulations and I was like, I I don't think I'm the right person to lead us out of this. Um, I need someone with more gas in their tank. So this will be my last year. Um, and I started thinking about that, but partly it was for the flexibility um, and partly because I, when I really thought about what made a big difference to me in my 20 plus years as an educator, I could think about different consultants or coaches who would come in at various points when I felt super stuck, unable to get traction, really frustrated. And just like I was spinning my wheels and I was able to have some people along the way who kind of came in and helped me get to that next step and like helped me get unstuck. And it felt like it was a way to still continue having an impact, um, but with a little bit more flexibility that I needed for personal reasons. So, so it kind of just like, it, it was a good thing to slide in and it actually just worked out. It did. Yeah. I mean, it is not without its challenges. Right. And I certainly miss the impact. I miss kids. You know, I laugh every time I get a haircut now, like it used to be like every time I got a haircut, there'd be like a million comments on it the next day in school. Right. <laughs> and lots of opinions and very honest opinions. <laughs> Those, you know, now I get my haircut and no one notices. <laughs> so. Hamilton, I don't know about that. What's going I know. on? <laughs> I get that all the thinking? time. I was like, <laughs> I get all the time with my haircut. They're like, man, you got it. What happened to your hair? I'm just like, well, I, <laughs> I, I gritted real, real hard. And like, you know, my, my hair just shrunk back into my head. It's, like, <laughs> it's this amazing trick I can do. But I know with your consulting and with the things that you do and, and the 20 plus years you bring to education, I mean, the one thing, I mean, I'm going through a transition right now when it comes mm -hmm. to, to positions and everything else, like you have one, one vision of the school and like, it's so divided. Like you, you have the principal who has a vision, the assistant pr principal has their own vision the deans have their vision. The teachers have their vision. I mean, how do you create a school with one shared vision? Like, how does to, yeah. to you know create that excellence in schools? I mean, what 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 can you bring to the table that you've seen that can meld all those visions like into one creative one? Yeah. So a lot of what I do is working primarily with the building leader, sometimes with um, like a district leader or a principal manager, a superintendent. It very, I mean, the title of that varies so much by area. Um, but I think what you describe is such a common issue where everybody's got their vision. And then we say things like we want excellence and, and everyone's like, yeah, I want excellence. But what you see in your head is very different than what I see in my head. It was very different than the person next to me. And then we're super frustrated when none of us are seeing what we want in our head. So a lot of times what I'll work with leaders on is some of the processes and skills to lead people through because what I'm able to do is bring them some extra capacity. So like one of the things is like, you know, principals are often like, I don't have the time to get people on the same page. Like, look, I'm the principal. And says, well, you got to kind of make time because it's going to come out one way or the other. And so how do you do it on the front end where people feel like they're able to proactively contribute? They're able to help shape this. You as a leader are able to listen, to help understand, to think about where that overlaps with your vision, where it does not where things might get difficult and there might be some conflict. You actually need to mine that a little bit to kind of get out in the open and get on the same page. So I'll often work with leaders in what I call coach salting, where it's part coaching, part consulting. So we'll do some consulting work where I take the work off their tables. I'll write the agenda for the meeting. I'll create the slide deck to help gather ideas at the all staff meeting. And then we also do some coaching where we do some role playing. I do some troubleshooting. Um, we prep for how it goes. And then afterwards we debrief how it went and they say, well, this problem came up and I know how to handle it. And here's what I did. And we can talk about it. And I think for leaders, it's helpful because they get to hear from someone who's been there, who's worked with a lot of leaders, been all over like, oh, yep, that happens all the time. Or actually you're kind of dismissing this. And I think you need to take it seriously because if you don't, this could blow up. <laughs> and so how do you figure that out? Because really there's so much 
everyone brings such important insight to the table. And it is not necessarily a skill that leaders have. It's like, how do you gather their perspective and synthesize it and start to say, here's what we're about, which also means saying, here's what we're not about right now, which is very hard for people to do. Um, but, you know, we, we only have so much limited time and energy to make choices. And so it has, I mostly work individually with leaders or sometimes with leadership teams. Um, and we'll work together for, you know, three or six months and just kind of help walk through that process and give them a little bit of that capacity that they need. Like you do the slides, you do this. And then also some of that perspective and coaching to help work through, you know, some of the change management that's often entails. So definitely. I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. It's just trying to get everything. And that's great that you take, take that approach to be able to be like, oh, look, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this, you know, to try mm -hmm. and give, to try and give the leadership, you know, that, that one vision is like, okay, watch me. Mm -hmm. You should all try and like merge your thinking to what I'm doing. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome. in the fact, cause I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, my current school, you know, I have one administrator who's only been there in administration for two years. I have one that's been in seven and like the highest ranking admin we have right now is a 15 year dean, like mm. a lead dean. And it's like there's so many people with so many and like a superintendent who hasn't been there for, for, for five years yet. So mm -hmm, it's, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many different visions that are happening. And sometimes it's hard to get on the same page. And sometimes, you know, you just can't you know, always, always see eye to eye. And then the culture of the teachers and the culture of the students and the community and everything plays a big, you know, big role in it. But when with you and, and your consulting, when I was doing homework on you, because I try to do the best homework I can. Well, there you go. You, always got to be a good role model, right? I got to, I got to be <laughs> yeah, a good role model. We got to do it ourselves. Well, I mean, come on now. I mean, nowadays, I mean, student engagement is so high in the classroom right now. Come on, let's be real. I mean, student, the, you know, kids aren't on their phones at all. And if you're not listening, if you're not watching, teach me exactly. Right. If you're not watching the, if you're not watching the video feed people and just listening to the audio, this is called sarcasm and it's called sarcasm for a, per, for a particular way. And, you know, I don't want to bring your past, you know, Pat, cause you had made a mention that you went through a little bit of a change and, you know, divorced, single parent of three kids and everything else. But, you know, it's really in the classroom or in education, you know, sometimes our problems get in the way of student successes and our problems get in the way of, you know, what we're in the classroom for. You know, how do you how did you get past or if you wanted to use another another example, how would you use um, to, to what you do to clear adult problems so teachers and educators can only focus on, you know, get that get in the way of the student success in the classroom? Yeah. So I think there's like two pieces that are really important there. So one is I think like the examples you bring up are so important and are also like, because our lives happen, right? Like we have breakups, we have money challenges, we have sick parent. I mean, like we're just people. And I think that, you know, for a long time, I don't know, for certainly when I was a student, I never realized that. Right. Or <laughs> was like, you know, and why are you in a bad mood? And what did I do? And it's all about me. It's like, well, you know, sometimes I, you know, I had a fender bender on the way to school. And so I think that you know, one of the things I actually led my school staff through every year, and we always talked about was we did a lot of work on like mindfulness, we did a lot of work on like trying to really identify when, when it was, when, you know, so the, and, and develop the skills and language, because for some people, this comes naturally, but for other people, it doesn't. But to say like, hey, guys, I had like a really rough morning today. And like, I just need a little bit of like, you know, it's relationship building with your students to a certain extent, like, or, you know, a lot of times, you know, kids and kids love it because they can connect and relate. Right. And they can be like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, you know, oh, my kid was up sick all last night. And we're just like, I'm hanging on by I got my extra large coffee today. And then, 
you know, the next time they see you with that extra layer of coffee, they're like, oh my gosh, are you okay, Mr. Knowles? Was your baby up all night? You know, and it's like, it, it develops that relationship. So I think that we did a lot about that and how to make it okay to talk about and okay to do. And then there are also the problems that are just inherent in any team or group of individuals working towards a common solution, right? The teacher, this teacher dismisses class late and I get my kids late and I'm frustrated about it every day, but maybe I don't handle the conflict well. Maybe I don't handle it directly. Um, you know, I think about issues with um, people who, uh, you know, there's a set of goals, but people have varying degrees of investment in them. I think about, you know, the student, I don't think the situation was handled well. And now my star player can't play the game because you didn't actually set up their homework. Like, there's just lots of humanity, even in the smallest of schools, right? And so all those issues come up and start to have this. And so really what I work with leaders on as well is like the set of tools to like, I mean, it can be as basic as like, what are your norms? Like adult to adult interaction. I mean, one thing we started to have a, a big problem with at one point was, um, like, uh, you know, staff gossip about other people, right? And there was all this gossip and backfighting and so-and-so doesn't want to contribute to media and they don't say this. And, you know, everyone says fine to the t at the table, but then they go on the hallway and blah, 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 blah. And so we did this whole big push. And I work with leaders sometimes where this is what our focus is, where it's like, go to the source, stop gossiping. <laughs> like, do P here's what this is. If you're not willing to, you have to be able to disagree at the table and agree in the hallway when all the students are watching, not vice versa. And that is the kind of thing that detracts. It's almost like a, 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 a tire that has a leak and it just like keeps leaking a little and a little and a little. And then soon you're on the side of the highway at two in the morning and you, you can't go anywhere. And that happens to schools because they're because of those kind of adult issues. And they're super common. They happen everywhere. They're in every community at every level at the most you know prestigious and whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah school. And so when adults come in and leaders come in, and again, this is part of that toolkit that you don't get when you're going from the springboard to the platform, but it's how do you um, help solve conflicts? How do you direct with this? How do you mediate? How do you, how do you say when it's not time to mediate? And you just say, you got to put your big boy pants on and get this done, right? And so how do you as a leader kind of develop some of those skills to help get everyone rowing in the same direction? Because that is a real, um, that is a real challenge. And there's a big difference when you walk into a building and everybody is excited about what they're doing or happy to be there or feels a common sense of purpose or we're going to do this, that feels very different than a place where people are just showing up, whether that's students and kids or kids or both, or sorry, students, adults, or both. Um, so yeah. So it's, I, I think it's like, and sometimes people feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing my job. And there are these adult issues. Like these are human issues. Like this is just going to happen. Anytime you get a group of people that you can get two people in a company and you're going to have some of these issues. But especially when you start to get, you know, 15, 20, 50, 100 teachers, staff, different roles, different pieces. And it's such important and mission driven work. Like, I feel like people are so personal. This is not a factory where we're making widgets. And so if we make less widgets, who cares? Like if you got an education, you're in it for a reason and to impact lives. But that also can make it feel very high stakes in a way that sometimes makes it hard to figure out how to untangle some of the problems. Are you telling me that there's gossip at teaching at school? <laughs> There's gossip at schools. No way. I don't believe I you. Mean, well, and the craziest part is, is like, you know, I, I, again, I found it. I've been at schools at all level K-12, but I spent most of my time in middle and high schools and people, the same behavior that people are complaining about that students are doing and how distracting it is and how they can't focus. You're watching happen in the teacher's lounge in the same way. And it's like, all right, let's have a conversation and really lay it out here. <laughs> we are not our students. We, 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 we need to rise up. We are, 
theoretically more mature. Let's act that way. <laughs> you have to, you have to admit, like you've been in the classroom for a long time. I have too, for not as long as you, but I have for a while. And students, I mean, they always, you always see the fights that happen, you know, at schools and stuff. And like, it, give it five minutes, it'll get on Snapchat, you know, really, really fast and be like, hey, did you see this and everything else? Students don't understand that happens to teachers too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you have a teacher at one end of the building talking smack about the other end. You know, it travels so fast. Like, did you hear what Miss Napleton said about Mr. Knowles today? And, you know, mm -hmm. everything else. And it goes so fast. And it's like, unfortunately, there are some schools not, of course, never ours. But, you know, there are some schools that, you know, have some people in the building that have nothing else better to do than to talk smack about other professionals mm -hmm. at the building. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I mean, people are like, well, what do you think about this, this teacher? I go, I don't talk smack about anybody. However, I can offer my honest opinion that certain teachers have different styles and different styles jive with different people. Mm -hmm, and some people mm -hmm, might mm -hmm. accept it. Some people might not. It's your opinion to interpret it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and that's the that's the bottom line when it comes to it. But, you know, it's students, teachers, yeah, students, if any students of anybody is, is listening to this. Hey, we 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 got problems too, guys. We're not perfect. Lord knows. Totally. Lord knows. Totally. Trips to the trips to the to get to the wine or whatever you know <laughs> is, is, is you know because when you're a young teacher, it's beer. When you get older, it's you get more sophisticated. You need some wine. <laughs> you, you need something. You know something to calm down. But when it comes to when it comes to you and and what you've seen, Beth, in your in your and how long have you been doing consulting for? It's about two years now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, have you seen, have you seen like great, like fantastic fulfillment from it? Is it getting there? I mean, is it what you yeah. thought it would be? I mean, it's, it's been great. I think that, look, I miss being in schools. I miss the impact. I miss the action. I miss when something happens in the world and you kind of have that feeling of want to talk about it. I mean, I also was a history teacher in some lens, you know, and so it's like, you want to be able to say, Hey, this is what happened. And so I do, I miss all those things. Um, I have three young kids at home who keep me pretty busy, who are my full-time 24 seven. I can never send them to anyone's office. <laughs> and so that, you know, balances that a little bit, but it's right. been interesting because what I find is that so often, and I felt this way too, is that like leadership is lonely, right? There's only one principal in a building and maybe the principal, you know, other principals in the district, other principals in the network, but you know, they don't have the exact same staff composition. They don't have the exact same issues and it can feel so isolating. And, and you know, and I always say that the view is easy from the cheap seats. Like ever, just like everyone has an opinion on like how the Bucks did versus the heat last night and who should have played better and how they went. Like everybody's got an opinion on how you should lead the school and what went better and where. And, and no one, it's not often that people are, you really have to actively sculpt a culture that is about being part of the solution, right? And so it's not like people are always actively like just saying, oh, this could have been better, let me help. And so I think that it's been great to work with leaders and I work with leaders from all kinds of schools, all grade levels, um, private, public, charter, parochial, and you know, newer in their career, more experienced. But it's helpful because when they feel stuck, it's the outside perspective. It's the extra capacity to be able to say, like, let's get you unstuck. Like, these problems are not insurmountable. You can do this work. You know, you are a great leader. How do we look at your strengths and leverage your strengths? They're going to be slightly different. You are not the principal next door. And it's, it's been good. So it's, it's been a good journey. And it is absolutely right for where I'm at in my life right now in terms of my own, you know, personal commitments. So, so there's, there's no Beth Napleton 
biographies or memoirs being written at the moment? (laughs) I have thought, so I toy with the idea of a book. I mean, I was an English and writing teacher largely. And so I do sometimes think about a book, you know, and kind of following, you know, I I think you've written some books, right? I mean, it's like, it's a real project. Um, But the book I want to write. You have to have a lot of patient people with you. Yes. You have to have a lot of patient people with you. But I mean, now, do you think you would, you would collaborate or you would write on your own? What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's something that I kind of explore. Um, but the book, here's the book, I, here's the book I feel like I'm dying to write, which is that everything you can learn about teamwork and leadership, you can learn from Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. I am like fundamentally convinced that you can do, I have done day long PDs where we like watch videos of the band and we dissect their roles. And then we talk about how uh, school is like a band and everyone has their instrument. And how do they make different music? I'm a huge fan of the boss. And I just feel like everything we can learn, we learn from him. So that is like the book I feel like that's dying to come out of me. <laughs> Tremendous. I love it. I love it. Everything, I love to collaborate with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> that's really Bruce, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this, Bruce? I don't know how to teach class. I don't care, Bruce. What do you think? But he, he can now command I, no. the audience. He can make people. Have you ever been to a Springsteen concert? I have been to a Springsteen concert. I, I mean, maybe been to some of the same ones. He gets everyone moving in the same direction. Yeah. He gets right people doing stuff. I mean, he is, you want a high engagement concert, right? It's like no one's on their phone. He knows how to engage. So, I mean, he will be a hell of a high school teacher, a hell of a middle school teacher, you know. <laughs> but I'm glad That's he's right. doing what he's doing right now. He's, he's bringing music mm, to the masses. The next, the next professional development we see on the circuit, you know, the next conferences of Springsteen in action. And I have to point out, I do have to point out, for the people who are listening to us on audio, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. There's this nice <laughs> picture behind Miss Napleton. There's a Springsteen, like, bro- is it Broadway? It's, bro- it's from the Broadway show, yeah. Yeah, there is a Actually, Springsteen memorabilia in the room that I'm seeing as we speak. Well, and this is, I cleaned my office, but I will show you. So this is a picture that somebody actually gave me for my wedding. It's Bruce walking on the stage. And I oh, used to have it over the door of my office when I was the principal and then later the CEO, um, as I would have it out there as like, you know, Bruce going onto the arena, going on the stage. But look, I can lead that PD at the next conference you go to. I've been pitching conferences about, look, everything we need to know is from Bruce Springsteen. This is how, because he really is, it's leadership, it's sharing the mic, but it's also clear boundaries. It's also where do you, and, and, you know, teachers would sometimes say to me, but like, well, you're Bruce Springsteen, you're the CEO. And I was like, you are the Bruce Springsteen. And we would, you know, I wouldn't say this to them because we would have questions to bring it out, whatever, and get to the point where it's like, you're the, everyone is is Bruce in their own environment. You are the Bruce Springsteen of your classroom, right? You are the one who's calling the shots, getting them engaged, doing this, right? The coach is the, you know, the team, the, you know, AP who runs, you know, testing is the Bruce Springsteen. You know, it's, we all have our moment. And how do you recognize, like, when is it my spot to be the boss? And how am I making sure that all the other, you know, band members know what they're supposed to be doing, are excited about it and are contributing in that way. So yeah, every yes. classroom, every teacher is Bruce Springsteen. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you have the benefit of a captive audience. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like you know? every teacher is a Bruce Springsteen. So wrapping wrapping everything that we've been talking about and everything else, um, you know, taking I mean, and that's how you you develop like engaging PD. That's how you develop mm. like a next level PD. You don't want to go and you're looking at a conference, you're just like, you're like, oh, well, I've been to that one before. And I kind of know about that one. And, and, and they all look the same. But I mean, if you have somebody like 
something of like PD with Bruce, like PD, like a Bruce Springsteen concert or something like that. I'm going to look at that. And I'll just be like, <laughs> well, damn, like that. That's hey, wait a minute. I might want to go to that one. You know, that's the kind of thing where, you know, you do you do stick out and you do make yourself known. Now, you know, when you have new leaders and people coming together to form a new band, if you will, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to a school, I mean, what are what are the top tips that school leaders need to build a functioning like a, a functional and goal-oriented team to start off a school like you developed your own school you're the ceo of your own mm-hmm. school and it was there from you said it was like till 2013 14 something like that we started in 20 i mean the school is still going strong i'm going down to visit in a few weeks but um i was there from 2013 to 2021 so our fourth so, graders fourth and fifth graders became 11th and 12th graders so i mean that's nine years i mean how do you bring everyone together like that like i mean the ceo bringing the business meeting together i mean what mm. tips can you offer to other educators or future administrators out there that are going to have to go into the conference rooms to put mm-hmm. this band together i mean what what can you what can you bring to the table oh my gosh you know every year and i think part of it was that i realized that you know and some of this is when you're new you've got an advantage because you you maybe know you have to do it or you think about it but sometimes you're like i've been here for a few years they know what i'm about and i really learned often the hard way as we sometimes do that you actually need to do it every year right every year if you've got a new opportunity sometimes it's every quarter every week right it, you know like you are constantly as a leader one of the things i often say is that <laughs> your goal is to start saying words and other people are able to fill in the blank and you feel like you're repetitive and a broken record and i said that but it really is about motivating and leading people around a common set of shared vision and idea. And so that means like, what's your thing that they know that you really deeply care about? Um, so in any case, like, you know, and every year I used to prepare this PD and my favorite day of the year is preparing this PD. Cause I would like, be like, excuse I don't bother me for three hours. I'm going on YouTube to look for the best concert footage that will just prove my exact point. I'm like, I got to get the camera angle, right. I got to go do my research. <laughs> my team would like start to roll their eyes. And I was like, anyway. Um, so I think that one, there's a couple things. One is that I think you always need to have a clear goal. And it sounds so basic, but the number of people I work with who are, especially, I mean, I think that COVID threw us all sideways. What, eh, what you know, and people are kind of like, right. how do I get back to rallying my team around a goal? Um, is it important? It, should we have too much? Do we need all these goals? Where does social emotional fit in? Where does academic fit in? And so, you know, it, it can be a handful of goals. It doesn't have to be one, but you don't want it to be more than five. But like, what are the things that we care the most about and that we are putting most of our eggs in that basket? And I think that making sure that those are clear, making sure people are bought into them, making sure that you have ways to progress monitor and reflect on the data and act, I think is one. And then the other piece is that, you know, it's like Bruce has a goal, right? Like everyone's going to have an amazing time at his show. That is his goal. And so like that is the catalyzing idea that everything feeds into and all the other decisions about lights and music and seating and acoustics all are in service of that goal. And so that's the beauty of it as a leader is when your goal is super clear, everyone's able to make decisions in their own realms because we all are clear on what that common piece is. And the other huge piece that I see all the time, and again, I work with, I'm starting to work with a leader tomorrow on this is how do you have clear roles and responsibilities? Because I think, you know, we are all used to wearing many hats as educators. Like, I don't, I don't think you can work in a school without being able to like, you know, bring in boxes and do the lunch line and take attendance and do all right. that. And so how do you help make clear and lines can get blurry. So how you, who does what 
And, and what's your, where are the decision-making rights, right? Are you, do you get to decide if the lunchroom changes? Like if the line is out the door, who, who makes that call? Is it the principal? Is it the ops manager? Is it the dean? You know, and I think a lot of times we're not clear on that. And it takes a little time and effort to pull up and say, here are the major streams of work. Here who makes this, you know, here's who needs to clear any decisions. Here's who makes decisions. Here who owns it. Here's who helps. And, but doing that work with a team, and especially I love doing this time of work and starting with leaders in the spring, you can always take time to do this, but it's nice to do it now in anticipation of next school year. We work together over the spring and summer because you have a fresh start. It's a new school year and everyone comes in ready to roll. So I really think that's, you know, I always say like, you know, Max Weinberg, the drummer is not going over to try and play the guitar, right? Just like the same way that you don't want your athletic director trying to, you know, rearrange the way that the lunch flow works, right? Like you need to, and sometimes that starts to happen in schools, right? And you don't want your cafeteria manager to tell them how to coach the basketball team. Like, so how do you help um, make it clear who does what, where you can make decisions? Are you allowed to, you know, do you need a certain number of grades? Are you allowed to do this? You know, like where, where is the freedom and autonomy so that people can really like jam out on their and do their best work? Exactly. I mean, that's the, and, and then you have, the, you know, the Bruce Springsteen reference. I mean, that's always. always. I, I mean, I get so deep on that, but I think I know we have to, you know, <laughs> to go to work tomorrow. I mean, we could go, right. I can go so deep, uh, but it's because there is just a lot, you know. You know I like, want to come in. I want to come in, but we're talking about Bruce Springsteen for 12 hours. I, I can, I need a sub. <laughs> I need a sub. So it's just, it's it's awesome. I mean, I think it'd be it'd be the best way to to really take a look at everything else. Now, we have to do it. We have to show the wonderful world of Beth Nableton and what she does. So if you are on the interwebs, this is Beth Nableton Consulting. So if you want to just briefly explain for not the non-video people what we're seeing, your one-stop shop for all things consulting, what you offer, whatever else you can add. Yeah, yeah. So my website, BethNapleton.com, which I, if you can put in the show notes would be great or wherever is helpful. Oh, and it's up on there. There we go. Um, <laughs> has a lot of information about my background, what I work with leaders on, my coaching work, my consulting work, um, what I call coach salting is kind of that blend in between. I do some work. Um, I do professional development. I do some um, VIP days where I'll work with a leader intensely for a day to like, you know, reset, do a staff culture reset plan or do some change management work. So it's on there and actually there'll be a few changes coming. And so it's a good chance to highlight that because I think that your listeners and subscribers will start to see some of that. Um, and then I also, this is breaking news, but I will shortly have um, leadership-quiz.com will have Ooh. a quiz mm -hmm, on what you need most as a leader. So you can take a quiz and it'll tell you the thing that you need most as a leader, um, which I think will be a great resource. So we're working on it now and we'll, I'll sync with you on the air date to make sure it's live by then, but it's don't, don't pull it up yet. It's not ready. <laughs> it is not ready for public. It's very hot off the press. Um, Leadership-quiz.com is going to be. Excellent. Think.com. Now that I say that, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but <laughs> <laughs> you need a new webmaster. That's, that's how new it is, <laughs> is. leadership-quiz.com. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So definitely, Beth, I mean, it's just you got all this stuff going on and everything else. Possible books and professional development with Bruce, you know, Bruce Springsteen in mind. I mean, what yes. what else could you possibly have? I mean, it's just did well, you my think resource page I'm always adding to, I'll put your podcast there. I'll do that. But now I am feeling like, man, I do, I do. I have so much to say about this book. And then 
um, I, someone goes, well, if you did write a book on this, wouldn't tickets to concerts be a business expense? And my eyes like exploded. And I was like, Ooh. oh my gosh, you're so right. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to bring a film crew and everything else. And you have to be like, okay, this part, we can talk about classroom management. And this part, we can talk about this and we can break it down. And then you get rights and then you meet him and then everything. Like if you were able, if you were able to meet him, like to talk about like this possibility, I mean, would you just fall over faint? I, I feel like I would need so much. I mean, look, <laughs> at my old job, and this is going to sound maybe a little bit weird, but I have, I, you know, there, there were, for a while, there were a lot of musicians. Um, right. Line, right. And, and I actually saw Springsteen in Chicago the day after um, one of the Eagles front runners, front men died. I, Glenn, I maybe anyway, I'm not great on it. And he sang this beautiful ticket easy. And I was with my best friend who's a big fan. And I like, I, I told at my, my school, I ran, I was like, I just want you to know that if Bruce Springsteen dies, I am taking bereavement leave and I'm going to Asbury Park and I'm going to go be with my people. And I'm telling you now so that nobody like questions me or like is surprised because like, I, I accept that he is mortal. He, he, he will not let, he not be around forever. Um, and I am like so determined to squeeze every day out that I can in every day way. But you know, when that happens, I'm going to need a while <laughs> to recuperate because that means there will be no more concerts and that is going to be a really tough pill to swallow. So, uh, <laughs> that's the Napleton bereavement leave for Bruce Springsteen. It is, it is, like, it is. Where's Beth where's, where's Beth Napleton? Where'd she go? The boss died. I know. Oh, oh trust me. <laughs> when he played the Super Bowl, my phone was blowing up from people I haven't heard from in like 20 years. Like, oh my gosh, I'm watching Springsteen on the Super Bowl. He's so good. So I can only imagine. I feel like I'll start getting like, you know, bagel deliveries and like <laughs> flower arrangements sent to my home. But I mean, he really is. I, I just, I've learned so much from him. I mean, he's a great musician Definitely. and he has an amazing live show. And there's just so, and I think, mate, you know, I, the first time I ever saw him live was not that long ago. It was 2007, but I was working at a school where I was super frustrated with the leadership and super frustrated. And I like thought this was going to be my forever school. And I was so ready. And it had the same mission as the amazing school I had left, but that was in a small town and I wanted to be close to the city, blah, blah, blah. And so I think I saw this concert like two months into that. And I think partly I was like at a moment in my life where I was craving leadership. And so here I am at the United Center in Chicago and I am just watching this amazing magic happen. And yes, it's the music and the dancing and the great show. But I'm like, look at him leading this. Like this is, this is what we all need in our lives. Like where is this in my life now? <laughs> so I think that was maybe part of what, you know, inspired the... A Bruce obsession. The like that. To, that is like a part of me is like, you know, do you meet your heroes? And I would need the prep for meeting him would be intense. Um, and I, I feel like, would I even be able to not just like cry? Hurries <laughs> like, <where> out. <laughs> he's, really, he's like, Bruce, okay, we need to, shh, this one's going to be rough. She's, she's going to, she's a big fan, Bruce. Okay. She's super huge, fan. super fan here. It's like, Bruce would be like, I got you. Whatever. I, I, I am like, sure he's seen it before. <laughs> like, I got it. I got it. So to be mindful, to be mindful of your time and everyone's time today, um, what are the social medias that people can contact you on? Yeah, you can find me. So leadership-quiz.com will help connect you to my world and also have your quiz on what you need as a leadership. And then I'm also on Facebook at Beth Napleton Consulting and LinkedIn and Instagram. Instagram, I think I'm Beth.Napleton. So you know, I always, I try and post things and, and create resources that are actionable. I have a self-care calendar that's available on those channels that 
helps educators take time for their own self-care to kind of, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before others and has a little video explaining how to do that. So I think that, you know, this work is just so important and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to have a full tank every day, but you're, you can't be on empty for too long. Right. And so how do you at least try and keep it a quarter full, half full as you do this really important work of, you know, shaping the next generation? I mean, it is just huge. So hopefully those will be some useful resources for your listeners. And, you know, for all, all of you guys listening out there, this is Beth Napleton at BethNapleton.com. You guys got to realize, too, that it is April. We're going into May. And we just got to push that last drive, guys. This has probably been one of, if not the hardest years off mm. of COVID. We all thought it was like, oh, it was going to be this. Like, this was going to be the rebound year. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we're, still, we're still trying to rebound and still trying to go. So we're all with you. We have some great ways to, to help solve some of your some of your exhaustion, the teacher burnout, the admin burnout. So BethNapleton.com is a great place to start. We'll have when the show gets published, we'll have all the information, all her Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams and everything linked up to it as well. Beth, I, I have to say thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And uh, definitely, you know, now that we're in the city, you know, you're in, you're in the Illinois and everything else, we can both enjoy the. This godforsaken weather. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> or the, Spring, the Springsteen concert at Wrigley in August. So there's another oh, big one, you know. <laughs> that's the Springsteen concert. And, and, and as well, I'm just saying, if you need the camera crew, I got you. you oh, know? yeah, that's and true. Me, that's true. You just let me know I got you. Just get me a backstage pass. But, you know, today, let's see if we can tune up the band. I mean, we don't we don't have a lot of. Oh, no, that's that's an ad. Hold on. We got to get past the ad here. Let's see. It's a little. Can you hear the crowd cheering? Uh, yeah, hear, I yeah, it's only you, you the, know. The the crowd is cheering. There it is. Oh yeah, there, there it is. <laughs> there it is. So the band, you know, the band the band budget is low, but we do what we can here at the Exhaust Educator <laughs> Podcast. So we try our best to to you know make it make it relevant. But for, for Beth Nableton guys, for myself, keep going, everybody. Education is still needed with some strong educators, strong administrators. And definitely just just keep strong and, and keep going. And if you need anything, just reach out to the resources we're giving you. For Silas Knowles, this is Beth Nableton. We'll see you soon and just take care of yourself. <laughs> I love the board of the U.S.